Thank you for tuning in to the Beck Tech Podcast, a podcast where we highlight the incredible technical specialists who work at Bechtel. I'm Jennifer Whitfield, and I'm joined today by Corporate Geotechnical and Hydraulic Engineering Services Manager, Dr. Stuart Taylor. Stu's technical expertise are in hydraulics and hydrology. Stu also serves as the chair of the Bechtel Fellows, a distinct group of our colleagues who have made outstanding technical contributions, enabling them to undertake special responsibilities and assignments and to inspire others within Bechtel. Thank you for joining me today, Stu. I'm looking forward to our chat. Thanks, Jennifer. Really appreciate the opportunity. Let's get started. Stu, can you tell us a bit about your career and how you've progressed to where you are today? I joined Bechtel in, in 1981 in the San Francisco office after I completed my master's degree in hydraulic engineering. I provided hydraulic and hydrologic engineering support to uh, to a large variety of projects and different businesses, uh, such as mining, civil infrastructure, and nuclear power projects. I left Bechtel in 1985 to uh, pursue a PhD in water resources engineering. And then after completing uh, that degree, I went on to serve as an assistant professor at the State University of New York in the Department of Civil Engineering. Uh, after being a professor for three years, I decided that uh, that really wasn't something I wanted to do. I, I really wanted to be in the engineering construction business. I provided uh, hydraulic and hydrologic engineering support, uh, primarily to fossil and nuclear power projects. I became the chief engineer for the Geotech Group in 2000 and then went on to become a Bechtel Fellow in 2005. Uh, subsequently, I joined the corporate engineering organization in 2006 uh, as the corporate manager for Geotech and later in a role as the manager of people and technology, which was focused on employee development, work process improvement and technical innovation. And uh, now in my current role, which I which I uh, assumed in, in 2018. Uh, I'm now the manager of the Geotech Group. Uh, this is a centralized uh, technical specialist group comprised of geotechnical, hydraulic, and earthquake engineers and earth scientists. And this group uh, supports uh, projects in all of our global business units. That's quite the career so far. You mentioned the Bechtel Fellows. You became a fellow in 2005 and now you serve as the chair. Can you talk more about the Bechtel Fellows program and about the selection criteria for becoming a Bechtel Fellow? Uh, being a selected a Bechtel Fellow is the highest level of recognition for a technical specialist at Bechtel. The Fellows primary charter is to manage Bechtel's many technical excellence programs and advise our management on technical strategy and trends that affect our business. Uh, but the real value that the fellows provide to Bechtel is by introducing new technology or innovative approaches that make our proposals more competitive and help us win new work. Uh, the fellows also help solve challenging technical problems that help us deliver our projects. Let's talk a bit more about your technical specialty in geotechnical and hydraulic engineering. Can you talk in more detail about this specialty and highlight some of your achievements along the way? So the the Geotechnical and Hydraulic Engineering Services Group, it's, it's actually comprised of uh, multiple disciplines. So we have uh, a variety of specialists in our group. Um, my, my own specialty is, uh, is hydraulic and hydrologic engineering. Um, this involves the uh, conveyance of liquids and engineering systems and uh, evaluation of flood hazards posed by you know, different natural phenomena like uh, 
storms, uh, floods on rivers, dam failures, hurricanes, tsunamis. Uh, there were two two um, achievements stand out for me. I mean, one was uh, we our group supported the uh, development and uh, uh, engineering procurement construction of a large uh, coal-fired power plant on on one of the Great Lakes. Uh, this this project involved a co complex cooling water intake uh, structure and system that supplied uh, nearly two million gallons a minute uh, to uh, two uh, fossil power plants uh, that had an offshore intake that went uh, two miles of tunnel, um, backup shoreline intake, a, a large scale pump intake structure. So we, we conceived this system. I remember sitting in my office with another one of our hydraulic specialists and we kind of sketched out this the scheme on paper. We worked with our customer, uh, worked with some specialty uh, contractors to uh, take this concept into design and into construction. And this uh, was con uh, successfully constructed. Um, it had a lot of high risk elements, but I think we did a good job of managing those risk elements. And the plant has has started or started up and has operated successfully since then. Um, another example uh, in the sort of early to mid 2000, uh, we were involved in a number of uh, licensing projects for new nuclear power plants. Our, our group was involved in a number of early site permit and combined uh, license applications. Our, our group had a lot of input uh, to these license applications because the, the, the NRC process requires evaluations of, of geohazards. Uh, we assisted our customers in obtaining their licenses to construct and operate new nuclear power plants. Um, one it, that uh, particularly memorable for me was, you know, the first early site permit that was issued in the United States was was for Vogel three and four, and now we're in the process of uh, Bechtel's in the process of uh, constructing and completing uh, those two new units. And this, you know, this type of work. Uh, with the NRC is in success in uh, obtaining licenses and working through the regulatory process and understanding the geohazards has helped back to uh, position us for projects like VTR, Natrium, and, and other new nuclear projects. How did you develop an interest in hydraulic and hydrologic engineering? And what type of training did you do to become this type of technical specialist? When I grew up and really for the most of my life, I, I've always enjoyed being on the water or, or near the water or, or in the water, whether this is uh, sitting at the beach, watching the waves roll in, standing in the stream, uh, fly fishing or snorkeling or being on a boat. Um, I always enjoyed those activities, uh, but I, I think what it did, it uh, just being in the water and observing it and feeling it, you know, it, I think sort of drove me to understand uh, the physics behind what I physically observed or, or experienced. And uh, whether consciously or subconsciously, when I was uh, completing my undergraduate uh, degree, I was really motivated to pursue my, my graduate degree in uh, obtain my uh, MS degree in, in hydraulic engineering. So in, in terms of training, I, I did pursue uh, graduate degrees and that was certainly helpful in, in terms of formal education. 
know, I, I would add to be a technical specialist that obtaining graduate degrees is is not essential. It's helpful, but it's not essential. I, I think what is essential is having a natural curiosity and willingness to invest in learning. Um, the other thing I found out over my career is is teaching others is a great way to learn. Um, I think I learned more preparing and delivering courses than I ever did taking college courses. What would you say has been the most rewarding aspect of being a technical specialist? Yeah, most rewarding is, I'll have to say, is, has been working with my colleagues to solve complex technical problems on our projects. I remember, you know, I have many memories of, of you know, sitting in a conference room or, or an office with a whiteboard, you know, working through the details of a solution. And uh, over, over time, I've really come to appreciate that how we work together collaboratively always leads to better solution. And I'm also very fortunate to be surrounded by highly qualified and, and very motivated people. What would you say are the most challenging parts of your specialty? So in my field, uh, what's I guess has always been known, but but now we're trying to do a better job of, of quantifying it is you know, how we quantify uncertainty associated with natural phenomena. So, you know, nature is unpredictable. Um, you know, our weather forecasts, you know, they could say it's going to rain and then it doesn't rain, or they say it's not going to rain and it rains. Uh, so we, there's this element of natural variability uh, that we can't, that's very difficult to quantify. And then also for the systems we deal with, we can't fully characterize all the characteristics of a hydrologic system uh, at the scales that we're interested in from an engineering perspective. So when we do some type of analysis, uh, you know, historically, you know, th there was a single single number was the output of that analysis. For example, what's the hundred year flood level for this particular project if if the project was was adjacent to a river? But in in reality, we we don't know that number with certainty, and there there really is a, a range of values that are characterized by a probability distribution. Um, the methodology and framework for for dealing with this and quantifying this is is evolving. Um, but there's still a lot more work to be done, and I think this uh, we'll be doing a lot more of this type of work in the future. How would you say you specifically have made an influence in the hydraulics and hydrologic engineering field, and what contributions have you made externally to Bechtel? So I have have published uh, papers in peer-reviewed literature uh, that add to our body of knowledge, and a number of those papers have been uh, wide, widely cited by others. I was working on one early site permit project, and there was an analysis that we had done, and, and I and along with another Bechtel employee had just authored a paper that was published in, in the literature, which was actually uh, cited uh, in, in the analysis and our, in our regulators uh, were aware of this paper and it really streamlined the review process for that particular section of the, of the early site permit application. So it really uh, took, uh, answered many of their questions and, and it was, uh, the approval process uh, was very much uh, simplified. Uh, in addition to publications, I serve on a number of technical and standards committees, primarily the American Society of Civil Engineers, because I'm a civil engineer, uh, and the American Nuclear Society. Uh, these committees produce manuals and of practice and standards that are used in the industry. 
being involved in the development of these types of industry guidance documents highlights Bechtel's technical technical excellence in these areas. In, in terms of uh, industry recognition, I'm, I'm an ASC fellow. Um, there's an organization called Environmental and Water Resources Institute, or, or EWRI, which is actually a branch of the uh, American Society of Civil Engineers. I'm, I'm a fellow of that organization as well. I've received awards from uh, EWRI uh, Service to the Profession Award and also the uh, EWRI Standards Development Council Service Award. This might be a little tough to answer given all of your experience and accomplishments, but what would you consider to be the most significant project, role, or moment during your career with Bechtel so far? You know, I, I can't point to a singular project, role, or moment. Um, just thinking back, you know, certainly being selected as a Bechtel Fellow and being recognized by our board of directors was, was certainly memorable. Um, but when I when I think back, it's really a culmination of a number of project milestones. Uh, for example, um, you know, we I mentioned some of the licensing work we did for our customers uh, wanting to license new nuclear power plants. You know, when you get to the point where the NRC issues a license and it's published in the in the federal register. Um, to me, that's a signal that all the work we did that went into that uh, uh, contributed to the successful outcome of the project. Uh, other examples of milestones is when we've we've worked uh, very hard to, to design, uh, for example, uh, a cooling water system and that project, uh, you know, they, they construct the system. I mean, it's designed, it's constructed, they, they started up and the plant goes in operation without any hiccups. You know, those types of events are also also very memorable. Um, so it's that that type of you know those types of milestones that really for me it provides validation that you know the time and energy I invested um, has resulted in, in a successful outcome for our customers. What advice would you give to the next generation, especially those who are aspiring to pursue technical specialties within the EPC industry? Yeah, I, you know, reflecting back in, in my career, I, I would the advice I would give is. And this might sound trite, but I, I would say understand the first principles in your chosen field. So for me and in the type of work I do, you know, for example, that would include understanding. Uh, have good understanding of conservation of mass, momentum and energy, you know, the principles that surround those sort of fundamental physical laws. Um, and today uh, I would also, you know, we have great technology today. Uh, there's lots of. Uh, software off the shelf, uh, lots of new tools associated with artificial intelligence that can really make a step change in, in the way we do our work. Um, so I certainly would advise the next generation certainly to take advantage of that te uh, new technology, but don't ever lose sight of the first principles. So when that technology spits out uh, a result, that you have an understanding from a first principles perspective, does that result make sense or not? Because I can assure you that many times these models, they produce results, um, they can produce results erroneously, and you need to have the first principles background to make sure you catch those types of things. And then the, the last point I would make is that really work on your communication skills, both your speaking as well as your technical writing. 
what I've observed in the past is, you know, someone can be a really good, uh, a really good analyst, but unless they're able to convey their ideas and defend their ideas to others, um, that that limits them in, in their career advancement. So that that's the advice that I would provide. I love that advice. Stu, thank you for joining me today and speaking about your technical specialty and your exciting career. Thanks, Jennifer. Appreciate you having me. To our listeners, be sure to subscribe to our Technical Excellence blog to be alerted when new podcasts featuring our technical specialists are published. Mm -hmm.